Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome, friends and fiends, to a brand new episode of Cult and Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult. And uh, this is one of those cases where you would say both of these are mainstream, uh, but we just had to bring the love with this pairing that I like to call Michael Sarah is for lovers. With me <laughs> today is uh, my lovely wife, Corinne Porter. How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm pretty sick, but... Uh... That's our dedication to bringing you this podcast yep. about movies, good and bad. Uh, so, yeah. As I've told as I've told listeners before, uh, this is what you can look forward to if you marry a podcaster is them making you do podcasts, uh, even when you're you're sick as a dog. Um, yeah. Yes. So and I'm, of course, your host, Nate Wyckoff, film critic and comedian. Today, we are following up last week's 2008 Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist with Michael Sarah and Kat Dennings for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World um, uh, from writer-director Edgar Wright based on the uh, Leo Malley comic book series. And this stars Michael Sarah as well as uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Aubrey Plaza, Jason Schwartzman, all sorts of people. Um, Kieran McCulkin. Just there's a lot of a lot of cameos in this. We'll talk about them. So I'm going to dive right into the plot. The plot is is that there's this sort of twenty something kind of loser bassist who has a band. He lives uh, literally in a friend's like bed with him. Uh, he doesn't have a room of his own. And he is still hung up on his ex who sort of made it big as a musician, played by Brie Larson, and uh, dating a 17-year-old Korean schoolgirl because there's no pressure for him to She's do or be Chinese. anything. I thought she was Korean. You might want to check your facts knives, before you sound knives, super racist. Knives Chow, you're correct. I apologize. Um, <laughs> why did I say Korean? I don't I'm know. I'm here to stop white men from being racist. It's that's <laughs> that's why that's why I married her to make sure that I'm not a fool. Um, yes, no. Uh, played by Ellen Wong, uh, Knives Chow is the the sort of doting, very youthful, inexperienced Knives Chow character, and. He's dating her, and then he has a dream about this this sort of. She's not a manic pixie girl, but she's definitely a, a a sort of indie stereotype. She wears like steampunk goggles and has uh, different color hair, which is a really bad wig, which we'll talk about. And 
he has a dream about her and then he meets her in real life and sort of pursues her and he discovers that she has seven evil exes each of which he must fight to the death before they can be together it's it's a very strange movie for those not who haven't experienced it yet it's it's part sort of goofy martial arts film part video game inspired part indie music inspired it has some awesome music um much of which was written by beck uh who is a personal favorite it's a fun movie uh there there is stuff to talk about though i don't think it's a perfect film uh so let's get into it corinne you we both had seen this movie before um but what was your takeaway this time watching the film uh, so I think it's a really fun film and I am not a gamer by any stretch of the imagination, but as someone who grew up in the nineties and early two thousands playing like street fighter and Tekken, um, the, the fight scenes were just that sweet, sweet bit of nostalgia. Um, it, um, I really like the fight scenes and just like having like the villains explode into coins at the end of a fight was just, it's silly and absurd, but if you grew up playing these video games I feel like it it makes sense to you it's kind of like how you know as a theater nerd when people start singing it just makes sense to me I think for the right viewer you're like oh yeah like that's what happens you get into a fight and then someone just like you get you you know and you level up at the end of a fight like it's just that's what happens um I also really liked yeah just as someone who watches you know who watched like Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon like the the like hearts when his girlfriend like says she's in love and the word love comes out of her mouth and all these hearts come out of her mouth um when knives confesses to scott that she loves him it's just there's all these things that it's almost like i don't know this movie's like magical realism like certain things are very real but then <laughs> some things are so out there and so absurd that they only make sense i think to people who are like if you get it you get it if you're like oh i grew up watching you know sailor moon like this makes sense um but it's it's a really fun movie yeah so it's uh it is a fun movie and you kind of can't be bored with this movie because it moves fairly quickly yes, and there are very good. there are tons of quotable lines it's very funny there's both physical uh visual and spoken jokes uh in this movie they went hard to make things funny for example uh, there's a scene when uh, Michael Sarah's playing Scott Pilgrim shows a character a drawing of Ramona before he knows her. He's like, do you know this girl? And he holds it up and it's like <laughs> literally just squiggled hair around it. And it does sort of fit the vibe and of like, her. Oh yeah, that's Ramona. Th that, that's okay. Ramona Flowers. And like, and I, originally that was supposed to just be a stand-in um, uh, at some point in production. And then it was going to be an actual drawing from the comic of the character. <laughs> and then they decide, but Edgar Wright rightfully decided that it was much funnier to have the squiggle. Uh, and it is. And it so is. I appreciate that, sure. that Edgar Wright was uh, flexible to make, to, to, to make things work with humor. Um, Oscar Wright, his brother did a lot of the visual design for this movie. Uh, I know I mentioned back, there's also music by metric broken social scene, et cetera. Lots of indie song people were involved with the soundtrack so it's a popular soundtrack for a reason i i just want to go through the notable cast in here uh, as well many of which are are the evil exes or just side characters we of course have michael sarah kieran culkin uh plays wallace the, the gay roommate fantastic he is so good he is macaulay and, culkin's brother one of and them just can i just say that he looks just enough like macaulay culkin but not identical to that i spent 
I don't know, the first 30 minutes of the movie going, why do I recognize this yes. actor? And it's because he looks just enough like his brother to be recognizable, but they're not identical. So it was bothering me for 30 minutes. And then you looked it up. You're like, Macaulay yeah. Culkin's brother. I'm like, oh, and, all right. And Everything we, fell into place. We are Macaulay, uh, Macaulay Culkin fans and stands <laughs> yeah. here at the pod. Um, so it was wonderful to see another Culkin on screen. Anna Kendrick plays Michael Sarah's younger sister. Um, Allison Pill is awesome as Kim, the drummer yes. of their band, the yes. Sex Bomboms. Uh, sex Bomboms. Sex Bomboms. Um, uh, very funny, very funny. Super stoic face the whole time. Another, another, I think, weird wig. Uh, but <clears throat> we also have, my gosh, as I said, Jason Schwartzman is the ultimate bad guy. Ellen Wong plays Knives. Mark Weber, he plays um, uh, uh, Steven Sills, the lead singer but then johnny simmons plays young neil which is funny and then he's promoted to neil as he becomes the actual bassist for the band we also have chris evans Thank playing you. a movie star character this is corinne's favorite and i, I <laughs> i'm a fan as well chris evans if you, if you hear this you're my hall pass <laughs> yeah chris evans is my wife's hall pass i i fully understand uh, he might be mine too. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't even be mad about it. Can I just say that it's so funny to to see someone who got who? I mean, he's acted for years, but to have Captain America be, you know, the role that he's known for, which is like this pure of heart character who does the right thing, you know, to his own detriment, just play absolute an absolute douchebag is just kind of a joy to watch. <laughs> the chin strap yes. beard is just and like the most sculpted like sharp eyebrows the most anime villain eyebrows super arched it's uh yeah it's just it's just funny to watch him be a douchebag it's it it just tickles me to no end yeah and i love there's i mean there's filmic pedigree in here to a hilarious extent um and by that i mean there's uncredited the vegan police uh one of which is played by thomas jane uh tv's or film's best punisher to date um i i also love dolph lundgren but he is second in my opinion to thomas jane and it's just there's there's a lot of I people mean, we'll to be, have like, brie larson just be like the yeah, i know aubrey plaza is fantastic but just to have brie larson be like the bitchy ex-girlfriend like yeah. just they had so much talent in this film that they're like it was like they were trying to shove as much talent as they could. Like, I can give you five minutes here. I can give you 10 minutes here. Like, they were just trying to get as many talented people as they could into one film. Yeah. Um, and Aubrey Plaza is just... Aubrey Plaza is always awesome. Uh, it really Aubrey doesn't... Plaza, and it's it's always a delight. So just good. put a camera in front of her and let her talk. I would I could watch her do anything, and I would be interested. This is... I think my favorite Aubrey Plaza moment is still when she guest judged on RuPaul's Drag Race. And <laughs> they're like, how are you? And she's like, this is the greatest the day best, of my life. The they go, day really? Really? Yeah, I'm killing really... myself after today. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the I'm, just I'm glad she did it, but just yeah. Oh she's, my god. She's so light no matter what. So, so beautiful and so brilliant um in in that moment. Yeah, so really great talent. There's nobody that comes across the screen who isn't engaging and entertaining in this movie. Um now I do want to talk about the I guess I will call them the problems with this movie. And it's I will partially blame it on the source material although i know there's going to be scott pilgrim comic fans coming after me right and left i understand they're gonna come for you they're gonna come for me i get it um and i get that it's part of the arc but the only characters that i don't like in this movie are scott pilgrim 
and his to be beloved Ramona Flowers. Ramona Flowers. They're especially Ramona. She's really not likable. Um, very flat. Uh, the the it's and it's kind of a, a fault of the perception of us all of us i would i would hazard to say at a certain point in our life and development that like there are quote unquote evil exes um there's that stage where you meet people who are like think it's mature to be like um like i'm not good for anyone just you know basically if you like me it's on you kind of thing like that whole atmosphere it's yeah, a I very that person young... in college sure we all did we all did <laughs> it's that like it's that totally it's a very immature thing that immature people think is mature right they think it's the yeah. mature thing um and it's not that it's wrong because it does we all go through it to some extent or experience it or or in have people around us that partake in it and experience but it and so we, it's not real life that's the problem like in real life this happens but we're watching a story and so when you have yeah. a flat character in the story it's just like like he meets her their first meeting does not go well their meet cute is not cute and so you're kind of left wondering and like i'm not saying ramona flowers the actress who plays her is not attractive but mm. you know she has the hair of a manic pixie dream girl but has none of the manic and none of the pixie yeah she's basically on quaaludes when they meet yeah and so it's... and can i just say that as a girl with purple hair i felt personally victimized by her characterization <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, yeah it's like i get that she's supposed to be cool and i think they actually do this with male characters a lot is cool for some for some reason often equals like emotionless or cold mm -hmm. but uh she's i think she's very cold pretty much the whole film like even when they're like she never making warms. out yeah. she's like i like you we should we should have sex later and it's just like could you say that with less feeling i don't know if that's possible yeah and scott pilgrim's character like he's the one that has the arc right like he at the end realizes that he's kind of a jerk but it seems it's a very surface level realization yeah um it works for the plot and it's funny the way that they do it uh he literally has an extra like a video game extra life and he uses it um and so yeah. like it's it's very funny it's very it's satisfying to an extent but he's it's it's i called this movie uh after we watched it a reverse it's a wonderful life because <laughs> literally yeah. the end of the movie and again spoilers um yeah. but really even even if i tell spoiler you the, alert, plot, the two romantic leads end up together in this rom-com so right, spoiler alert. big surprise <laughs> they end up together and leave like he no yeah. longer is in the band they're better off without him she's gone everyone else is better off so the two leads literally remove themselves from the world yeah. that we've experienced <laughs> and everyone is better for it it's it's like don't you know it's it, it's it's funny that way and so it's like the movie and the plot like the comic are aware that these characters are flawed but it still doesn't make them that um, they're not likable and i don't care um if it wasn't it's it's i said at the beginning before we rewatched this movie and i think you you questioned for a minute um before before i explained was i love michael Sarah, and he's and i think his casting was for a reason but oh, it's not a yeah. perfect role for him. If you and the reason, yeah. The reason ahead. is that's okay. The reason is because um, he brings personally a charisma to the character that's necessary for us not to hate the character. Yes. But it doesn't fit him because he's so likable and the character's actions are so douchey. Yeah, he's if yeah, if it was anybody else, it, I don't know if I would have gotten through this movie because it'd just be this very attractive, very flat girl. 
um, who's basically a sexy lamp for the sake of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she could have no lines and the movie would not change all that much. Um, she almost and, does have no lines. Yeah. And um, like if Chris Evans had played this character, you'd be like, oh, it makes sense. He gets away with bad behavior when you're that beautiful. But also, yeah, you're like, this guy's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Um, he's dating a child. And by the way, yeah. the only the only reason I didn't call the cops was in the first five minutes is that they established that they're like barely holding hands. Like it's so obvious that he is dating this girl, so nothing will happen because he's so damaged from the last breakup. Um, yeah. But yeah, just like it's he his character is yeah. Like oh, I can't believe you're dating a seventeen year old, but then he kind of behaves like a seventeen year old. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, like it's only because Michael Sarah is very soft and very sweet and like has this like huh, like silly cadence to the way he talks that like yeah it's the only way the character is <laughs> yeah. bearable because he can be like well like i broke up with you a- after i hooked up with ramona like it's yeah you, it's like yeah like you said the casting was perfect in that it's the only way this character is bearable and this is as someone who's not read the comics and i'm sure like diehard fans will maybe come for me for not reading the comics but he makes a character that is i would say almost irredeemable like, I wouldn't want to watch anybody else succeed. If it wasn't right. him, I'd be like, yes, I hope one of the exes kills you. You're kind of a you're kind of a jerk. And I'm going to be honest. It's why I didn't continue reading the comics. His character is not likable to me. Um, and so I didn't. It's not that they're bad. They're actually quite the the artwork is beautiful. The writing is funny. Uh, I mean, I recommend them if you like the movie. But I that was my caveat. I'm like, mm, I've got other things to read. I didn't like the character. Uh, and I, I'm usually the one on this pod that says you don't have to like the characters, which is true, but it just like everything, right? Sometimes he's yeah. the driving force of this. I'm following yes. him and it's not engaging. You know, if the whole world was full of unlikable people, then you, you grade on a curve, right? Like who's the one that yeah. we're going to see succeed or fail. Um, and, and we choose, and we would probably choose him, but that's not the case. Everyone around him has their shit together for the most part. Yeah. Um, and otherwise it doesn't it doesn't work there are some hilarious lines in this movie my favorite line i think is it's actually an exchange with uh, wallace his his gay his roommate gay or rather roommate. yeah uh he's like you have to after he meets and spends a night with ramona flowers um he's like you have to break up with knives and then uh <laughs> Scott's sister's boyfriend who is not his boyfriend walks out of the bedroom and he goes talk about double standards and he's like I didn't make the gay rules um yes. which is and then I smacks mean, him with a spatula it's yes yeah. it's, it's it's really perfect. funny it's perfect. um and it it reads as honest there there's a lot of weird so this movie is visually stunning yes. often there's yes. really during the music scenes there's um visual notes and and lines and very comic-y art I sort of think this is what people are going to kill me over, which is okay. Uh, I think uh, the the visual, like, artistic choices and the 2D overlays in this movie are similar to those used in um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from Sony, the anime feature, but they're effective here in a way that I think they didn't work as well there. That was overly stimulating. And this one, it's like the right balance. And it's not all the time. It's to punctuate a comedic moment. It's to punctuate an action scene. Um, and they're, they're using at choice times. There's, um, when, whenever Scott defeats an evil X, they burst into coins, which is hilarious. Cause of course it's a video game reference, but also people collect the coins. Like, yeah. running, like <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, 
And then there's also, Edgar Wright, I guess, said in an interview, which makes total sense, um, that he thought of the structure of this movie as a musical, but he, instead of every time they break into song, he would instead have it a fight scene. Uh, and and that makes sense, right? Yeah. Because the songs sort of are to be fun for the audience, but also like really pound home a point. And each fight scene does the same thing. Um, and it breaks the rest of the action. Everybody think pauses and they have a fight scene, just like they pause and have a musical moment. Uh, it's a lot of fun in in those in those times and there's a lot of them as we said there are seven and scott pilgrim does fight all of them uh two at once so i guess you could say six but still it's a fights, very fun even movie. the girl even the girl which it, um as, I, as you said we kind of they hammer the point home that the the joke it's not a it's not a it's, reveal it's it's the not a reveal knows. when she goes he goes i have to fight your evil ex-boyfriends and she keeps correcting him exes she does it three or four times i think at least three I think, times yeah. i think once would have been enough of a plant for the yeah. audience yeah three times at this point i'm like this character it. is stupid and i also think the writers think the entire audience is stupid i'm like i get it she's yeah. gonna and then like a girl attacks him out of nowhere he doesn't put two and two together yeah that was confusing i was i was so confused that this character is like i have to fight my girlfriend's exes I am attacked by a woman on the street that I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, does that happen all the time? I mean, I know, I'm before like, he met her, he, it acts like it doesn't. He just gets into fights all the time. And this is just <laughs> Tuesday for Scott Pilgrim. Well, and that, that leads to another issue with the, the Michael Sarah versus Scott Pilgrim situation for me is Michael Sarah, he's a goof. His character is always a goof and sort of self-deprecating and me and like, not, not even meek, but just very uh, timid right in a yeah. way but they're not stupid usually and scott pilgrim as a character they keep telling us that he's stupid but i don't buy it because michael Sarah is beyond he's an archetype at this point and seeing him in this film he just doesn't feel stupid even when he does stupid things so when he he doesn't get clue in uh, it just it's just a little break for me um it's like michael eisenberg is like even the next level up in he's not going to be stupid everybody remembers him as playing like either a borderline genius or Do you mean jesse um, eisenberg sorry jesse eisenberg <laughs> i i can be forgiven because there's lots of crossover they are white boys and they all look the same to you and, the, and i <laughs> i'm a huge do that i i love michael Sarah and jesse eisenberg but there is a michael Sarah jesse eisenberg um uh circle graph you know that is <laughs> is there's very close it's, all, it's almost a circle um, yeah um yeah so if the venn diagram is very very <laughs> circular uh yeah so it's like that he's not going to play a stupid person it doesn't really work with the way they present um it's just jarring to the audience because again like we're being spoon-fed things like she she dated a girl and then it's presented as like a surprise to the protagonist and i'm like she told you four times mm -hmm. yeah uh, and yeah i there's just some really funny moments though uh, that work. Like Matthew Patel, uh, the character played by Satya Baba, he is he has like Bollywood dance moves at one point, yeah. um, and they play like the you know some Bollywood music. Um, is he the one with the demon backup dancers? Yes, that was awesome. Uh, that it was the great. first fight scene might be my favorite. I think it's my, it's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I'm I'm uh, gonna lose the last of our fans here i can't remember um the name of the actor who plays um the level seven vegan 
or whatever level five uh, vegan um no level but he's, seven vegan he doesn't eat anything that casts a shadow that casts a shadow um and that <laughs> was a very funny moment that it gives him superpowers uh and then the vegan police show up to the, the it. vegan it was, it was... performance was the most convincing of the whole film <laughs> we've all met that vegan oh so I'm from true. southern california we've all got that vegan oh god yes all the time um <laughs> Yeah, so it's very funny. Um, Bill Hader also has a little bit of a uh, a role as the as the voice, which is just a voiceover part. But it's nice to hear him as well. So this movie, it it's sounds super kind fun. of fun. I feel like we've got so we've fun. kind of spent a lot of time complaining about it. But again, like seeing a like video games crossover into real life, uh, it's really fun. And like yeah. I think we said before, the pacing is done really well brilliantly yeah um and the character acting is so good and i know that character acting might sound like a backhanded compliment it's not it's i guess not. i should say the acting the acting is so good that even when the characters are slightly cartoony the commitment mm -hmm. of the actors makes it believable for this world that we're in for this universe mm -hmm. like you're like oh this is how people behave like you believe them mm -hmm. um within the context of the film it's actually it's it's a fun movie and i've I don't want to discourage people from seeing it. It's just not at all. Like, like we said, it's hard when you watch a rom-com and you're not rooting for the two. <laughs> the couple. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've never rooted for a 17 year old and a 22 year old to date before, but at the end of this film, I was, kind they of seem rooting. like knives and Scott. I, I was yeah. kind of rooting for Scott and knives, not because she's 17. Um, but especially at the beginning, they play dance dance revolution, which again, as an, as a nineties kid, if you put Dance Dance Revolution in a film, you have me. Um, you have me in a chokehold. Um, <laughs> but they're they're playing together and they're they play it really well together. Like it's like an doing, adorable choreographed, yeah, impressive. They're, they're thing. doing like she rolls over his back so they can switch sides, and then they use that compatibility to fight the final boss. Like she helps him fight the final mm. boss for Ramona. Hold on. <laughs> my my wife is in the throes of death, but it's, um, it's... I've still made her jump on so, the mic. Yeah, so they they plant this thing that these two people are actually super compatible. And then it comes into play in the, the final boss fight. And then after the fight, they have this really sweet moment where they're talking. And it just is, it just seems like there's a connection between these yeah. two characters that seems like a really legitimate genuine, connection that wasn't there. That you would never before. see in real life between a 17 year old and a 22 year old. I just want Not to keep reiterating that. You know, this is fiction. although to be fair, uh, my wife and I are five years apart, but I yeah, did but not I meet met... her when she was 17. No, I was 20 when we met. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh... Um, but like, so they have there, there's all this evidence I feel like in the script that these two characters are going to end up together, even though in real life, I would never, the characters make it, they just have, chemistry frankly yeah and there's no and chemistry between michael no sarah and elizabeth winsett's characters. characters that end up together but it's almost like i mean but knives just say to him like i'm too cool for you and you're like really she is yeah but um i did have a moment because i hadn't seen the film in so long i was like do he and knives like work it out somehow mm -hmm. um and then like you know they go no no you know and she's like i'm too cool for you and they like they, they they end on good terms but um yeah it was just it was a, it from a writing and acting standpoint it kind of surprised me they didn't end up together mm -hmm. and i think too and also i mean i want to say uh i apologize for uh saying she was korean i don't know why we must have watched something because i i can't defend it enough uh, but anyway <laughs> um uh the the character of knives is so like 
charmingly played um, yes. by Ellen Wong that you you love her in every scene. I mean, when she loses it and like fangirls out and collapses and her her friend is like fanning trying to wake her fanning yeah. desperately. It's so funny. And like when she's so, you know, so into this guy and her friend is like, why? <laughs> like what? But she's still there helping her get ready and all that stuff. It's just really, really charming. And so she's one of the most likable characters. So when you have her be the one that's on the outs, you're like, ugh. Yeah, you um, root for her. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. It, there's there's this really there are a couple of nuggets of like truth as there should be in a movie that's about relationships right where they're exaggerating like the vegan thing right it's an yeah. exaggeration but it's true we all know that person who's like <laughs> i'm so much better than everyone because yeah. i choose to be vegan etc um and it's when uh when envy or not or nat the character of brie larson the the ex-girlfriend that has sort of crippled scott emotionally so they make it seem when he beats her boyfriend who's the vegan she says something and he goes you used to be nice and walks away and like and then she like deflates and that's one of those really good lines because in a real world situation that is kind of what you want to say to someone who's yeah. being not nice and like you you had some sort of relationship a friendship or whatever yeah it's like that that's the core of we've, this like we've all had a friend or a partner or both where you're like oh yeah we used to be friends what happened you're like i don't know they used to you know we used to be cool and now they don't talk to me anymore yeah and it's sort of like and i loved that they have they give her a reaction beat because really it's her yeah. last moment on screen she doesn't really have anything to do with the movie except to introduce the that villain yeah. um and and the the band their band name is clash at demon head which is a nes game reference so you video game people out there i know you're there um it's interesting too i think the reason this movie is so fun is the pacing the visuals are beautiful the character mm. um the casting is so good there are so lots good. of fun characters and also the movie doesn't really care sometimes if things make sense and so it may not work perfectly but if it it's still entertaining like there's a moment where they got licensed to use the seinfeld music and for yeah. no discernible reason no. other than we're 90s it's not, kids it's only used once like it's not a motif that repeats nope. yeah it's just and just also once. like they throw in absurd things like when knives comes over and he hasn't broken off with her yet he jumps out a window like through the glass through the and glass. his roommate is like sorry he just left yeah it, and, it's like and like again most of the movie aside from like the fight scenes are rooted in like day-to-day -day, like Reality, and then you have these you know. moments of surrealism where they're fighting or like he and you know he and ramona like go through a door to get to her place that's like in space and you're like okay yeah uh but like that wasn't happening during a fight scene it wasn't happening during like yeah. <laughs> you know like they're they're gonna go to her place it's just like he panics and jumps through a window to which no other character reacts appropriately right and yeah like it has a, a lot of good comedic moments the seinfeld reference again i was like Kids today will never understand the joy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I buy it, but I, I recognize in the back of I, my head that this is out of place and doesn't it, really. It was funny, but jarring because, again, it doesn't yes. ever come back. <laughs> no. I wish um, they had done it like three times. I, yeah, that's, and my, some... that's my weird rule. I have a weird rule of three. Where, like, it's the I rule feel of like comedy, if something's right? referenced, yeah. you have to reference it like three times because otherwise it feels. Yeah. It's like it's the rule of it, it's the rule of threes for two reasons, right? Either you have one normal, one normal, one surprise, 
because you've lulled us into a sense of, of, of normalcy. Or in the case of like the Seinfeld thing, it's one time funny. Next time we've seen that before. Next time now it's funny again because yeah. you're you're trolling us basically. Yeah. Um, so it's very funny. It's very engaging. It's super attractive. It, it's still, I mean, it's, you know, 2010, it's 12 years old at this point. It looks phenomenal. Uh, get, you know, get, get the 4k if you can. I mean, watch whatever version you can, but it's a very fun, engaging movie. However, if you were looking at it per se through the, through the eyes of Nick and Nora's infinite playlist, that's a very, I feel like heartfelt movie. Yes. This one's not really heartfelt. It's this one's just fun. Yeah, and this that's totally like, okay. Yeah, um, but if you're if you're like one of the if you if you stand this couple together, I'm not sure why. <laughs> you're you're 17 years old. <laughs> oh, that's true. You're 17 um, years old, and one of you has purple hair. <laughs> and and you know we've all been there. We've all, we've all been, been there, there. as of, a 34 year old with purple hair. Again, yeah, I feel a little bit victimized by this character. Um, <laughs> I feel like she gives girls with purple hair a bending. And I'm sorry. I know we're probably close to time. The wigs in this movie are awful. The wigs are so the, the insane. The party city shake and go wigs. <laughs> there were, I'm like, there was not one homosexual in hair and makeup to be like these wigs. Like the wigs don't even look brushed. It looks yeah. like they, and I say shake and go as in like you took it out of a bag, shook it and put it on someone's head. It looks like someone went into their parents' costume trunk, like their childhood yeah. costume trunk. They dug through all the wigs of Halloween's past, did not brush it and just like took a crumpled up old wig and stuck it on these actors heads and i'm like yeah i i know cgi is expensive but just let them wear their own hair at this point yeah i mean it's it's it real was, obvious and like um, let ramona have just purple hair i know the joke is that she changes her hair all the time because she's so whimsical and i guess there's nothing whimsical about her other than her hair and the fact that she wore steampunk goggles for like five minutes yeah, because they're in the comic, which is um, also something that probably could have been left out. Just the wigs in this movie world. are unforgivable. They are. It's it's like um, they literally Even, just set them on top of somebody's bun. I I mean, it it looks like like I'm sorry. I know I went kind to kind of a I went to a public high school, but it was in like a nice part of town, and so I know my high school was kind of bougie. But my high school literally had better wigs than this movie did. Yeah, the, and I, I think know the my high school offender, did not have the budget that this movie did. I think the it's 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 almost on par with um DC Titans, which I love Ooh. that show. It's uneven. But I like, love that show. Those I, wigs I, those are, wigs are so hateful. They got a little better near the last season, but I like just they keep are hoping that Star will let Starfire bring her own wigs from home. And maybe, yeah, like I, don't <laughs> I, and maybe I'm assuming that she has wigs, but like yeah, they're, Maybe they're she pretty wears rough. her hair natural um, most of the time. I kept thinking, but... we, we, you know, if you if you don't watch, if you're not watching this, why are you not watching? Uh, uh, I like to watch with Trixie and Katya on Netflix, where they watch Netflix shows and and sort of rip them <laughs> apart. But if, if Katya at one point says about a character, "Why are you wearing a wig?" and that's all wig? I could think about every time <laughs> someone would walk in this in stage. I mean, yeah. everybody has a terrible wig. These characters from having a heartfelt, winter... heartfelt conversation. Mary. I was just waiting for one of them to go like. <laughs> Why are you wearing a wig? Why are you wearing a wig? You can trust yeah. me. <laughs> Be yourself yeah. with me and take off the terrible wig they're wearing. You know it wasn't glued down. I doubt it was pinned down. They're so bad. They're so bad. But anyway, it's adorable. I mean, I think I think Michael Sarah's hair is probably real. Uh, maybe I don't maybe. know. It, it could. It's the only. If it's not, it's the only possible wig in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so any anyway. Uh, so I, let's move on to the recommendations. 
uh, I'll start as always. Yes, I recommend Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's super fun. It has Beck music in it. it it's it's flashy. It has Michael Sarah. Um, it has awesome people like Aubrey Plaza, Brie Larson. I mean, it's just it's a great movie. Um, is it a perfect movie? Well, no. Does it have to be? No. Is it trying to be? I don't think so. I mean, personally, I've made fun of Edgar Wright on this podcast before, lovingly. Um, I think this is my personal favorite of his films so far. Uh, if people aren't familiar, um, uh, Baby Driver and um, Last Night in Soho. Uh, lots of he's had lots of successful films this to me is my favorite out of his catalog uh, so definitely give it a watch and corinne would you recommend scott pilgrim vs the world from 2010 if so why and to who i do recommend it like we've talked about it's fun the pacing's good um i think i did this last last time but it's like i really recommend it to like elder millennials 90s babies uh it's just again like if you played Tekken, if you played Street Fighter, um, if you watched Dragon Ball Z, um, I think this, I know this movie just tickled me because I had those references coming in as someone who wasn't overly familiar with the comics. Um, and to anyone who's like read comic books, um, like the Kapows and the, like, like the old school, ba you know, 1960s Batman, like pow, bam style that they would add into scenes is just really fun. And I think if you have those as references, it's like, extra amusing um aubrey plaza fans um just i mean even like i feel like people who are into you know dc or marvel just the the superhero element i'm i might have to retract that people who like superheroes but also aren't afraid to make fun of superheroes like if you mm -hmm. hold batman as sacred this movie might not be for you if you hold superman as sacred this might not be for you but if you can like laugh at superheroes like loving them but also like be able to take a little like wink wink nudge nudge about like very tongue-in-cheek yeah like like batman's a grown man who runs around like in a bat costume beating people up because he won't go to therapy like if you could take take some of the not be so serious about your superheroes but like enjoy superhero mm -hmm. stories i think this is for you and um i don't know who i don't know who i wouldn't recommend michael Sarah to he's just He's so delightful. He's please yeah, give again, him like, another action movie. Watching Michael Sarah in normal human clothes fight people who are clearly fight people in like costumes. A ninja, it's so amazing. oh my god the the slow mo the speed lines um, the backflips it's it's a delight. Yeah. So and, um, thank you. I, th I think I said it last week again. He's just really sweet, and I know that might yeah. sound like I don't want to sound like I'm talking down to him. It's just it's. I don't know. He's he exudes a likability and a safety. Whether or not, yeah. I mean, we all know that that images can be deceiving. But if anybody knows uh, Michael, please direct him to us. We would absolutely love to chat with him. Uh, all things Sarah on. But this yeah, it's pod. nice to see a hero that's not you know that doesn't have to be you know six foot four and three hundred pounds. Not yeah, that we, we all love Chris. Not that we don't appreciate but... the Chris Evanses of the world, but uh, yeah, just to have someone nice sweet funny likable um with really good comedic timing and this very like naturally endearing qualities it's just it's really nice to watch him on screen and also it's always nice uh as a heterosexual male who is not uh, upset <laughs> by any people of different sexual or gender orientations or identities it's yeah. nice to have a, a a character who is totally uh 
relatively popular even for being kind of a jerk but lives with his gay best friend and sleeps in the bed with him because they only have one bed and it's not like there's never a gross out for them like scrubs has a joke about like jd and turk sleeping like head to opposite like head to foot instead of because then they can't lock in what whatever Whatever that means i'm like i think the important parts can still lock in but anyway um so like even scrubs which i think you know is another really good example of non-toxic masculinity like had that joke about like oh if two men sleep together and it's just a non-issue he sleeps with his gay roommate and the gay roommate's boyfriend like all three of them are in the bed and it's just like well we only have one bed so yeah we love andy samberg but and lady gaga but there's no reason like there's no it's not gay if it's a three-way joke even it's just they're (laughs) they live together in the same bed it's and it's it's funny um but it's funny not because one of them is upset about it yeah. Uh, so that was that's really nice too, uh, and also any Culkin wants to come on this podcast, you have an open invitation. <laughs> any Culkin, any Culkin. There, oh, I swear, every Culkin who's been in a film has done a great job. There's no, there's literally <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, Mean Creek, everything. It's great. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Cult and Classic Films Podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new pairing. Um, spoiler alert, it's going to be dark sci-fi. I hope you guys enjoy it. And thank you to my beautiful wife and all of our listeners. Where can fans follow you, Corinne? Um, the Yoga Brat on Instagram. Excellent. All right. And you can, of course, follow us on our website, ColtonClassicFilms.com, as well as on Instagram at Colton Classic Podcast, as well as Facebook. And please rate us all the stars, all the high ratings, like, subscribe, recommend us to your friends, recommend us to your enemies, send questions, inquiries, hate mail, um, uh, requests to info at ColtonClassicFilms.com. Sign up for our forthcoming newsletter on our website, ColtonClassicFilms.com. And to play us out, as always, is The Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.